Welcome to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast, where we dive right into how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem. From founders to investors and corporates, our world is changing rapidly, and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation with SCORE. As one of the world's largest reinsurers, SCORE provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. My name is Nia Escobar-Kolo and I am your host for today. I'm part of the Life and Health Ventures team and I'm excited to share with you experiences, ideas and thoughts from individuals who are revolutionizing the life and health reinsurance landscape with a wider perspective of our ecosystem. Did you know that today there are over 3,100 early-stage European startups focused on the insurance industry? How do we know this? Today, we're talking to Florian Creo, founding partner of Astoria VC, an early-stage venture capital fund located in Paris focused on the insurance industry. Known as one of the leading voices in the insurance innovation space and an investor in the insurance industry for over 10 years, we're exploring the startup ecosystem together in Europe, and how Astoria VC is finding the most relevant startup before they're even known in their own markets. Hi, Florian. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, first of all, I would like to ask you, who are you and how did you get involved with the insurance industry? Hi, Nia. Thanks for having me today. So basically, Florian, uh, I've been investing for a bit more than 10 years right now. I spent a few years in the uh, insurance space at AXA Ventures, uh, just before kicking off uh, Astoria.vc, uh, which I'm running for two years right now. We are investing everywhere in Europe at seed level and in any kind of technology that have an impact, direct or indirect, uh, on the insurance industry. Long story short, InsurTech. So, Florian, you were part of Access Strategic Ventures, and in 2017, you decided to leave and found Astoria VC as a founding partner. What inspired you to make the move, and how was this transition for you? Actually, I think it was a market opportunity, because when we had a look at the market back in 2017, and I think it's still true right now, we thought that uh, in terms of investment in insurtech, you had two kinds of layers. So the first one were big fintech funds that were not able to do seed investment because they were uh, too big. So mathematically speaking, they cannot do very small tickets, let's say below 1 million euros. Um, so that's the first kind of investor we saw on the market. And in terms of industry, they were considering insurance as a sub-vertical of uh, fintech, whereas the insurance industry is, I think, big enough to be a vertical in itself. The second kind of investor were corporates. And corporates, actually, behind the uh, financial return they are taking, they are looking for doing partnership with startups. So it makes them invest a bit later in the process when startups have already customers and when startups have already a track record. So both investors, fintech fund, big fintech fund, and corporates were investing, let's say, in Series A or even later in the insurtech space, meaning that there was a kind of gap on the market at the 
seed level. So that's where we decided to position Astoria, uh, first based on that market opportunity and, and based on our background. And again, I've been investing in seed uh, for a bit more than 10 years. So that's a combination of background and definitely a market opportunity. And uh, if you have a look at the market right now, there are only few players investing in SureTech. And I think that we are the only fund uh, dedicated to insurance technologies uh, that is focusing on seed stage. So Astoria is focused on entry tech, fintech, digital health, cybersecurity, mobility, and smart cities, all within the insurance ecosystem. So what is your investment criteria to find those seed startups and why should startups come to you? So first, as mentioned previously, our seed focus is very important. So we try to be the first investor in any companies. So either we jump in a round that is under process or for most of our portfolio company, we created the round, meaning that we gathered a co-investor around us. That's what we like the most. So I would say that in terms of criteria, the seed stage is important. The geography is important because we are investing only in Europe, including the UK and Switzerland. And in terms of use cases, I would say that we have a strong focus on B2B technologies. The reason is that we have a strong network in insurance across Europe, and we try to leverage that network to accelerate our portfolio company sales process. So that's where I think we can create value beyond the money we can put on the table. And that's why startups are proactively reaching out to us, either for an investment purpose or sometimes just for business development. But long story short, what we like is when there is technology, this is very important for us. It sounds obvious because in InsureTech, there is the word technology, but we see a lot of startups on the market that have no or at least weak technologies. A strong technology is key for us. And the second point is to address a real need or a real pain point for insurers. And that we try to engage a lot with the insurance industry to better understand the needs on the market. And then we try to deliver value through our portfolio company. And we take an example here, which is, I think, quite accurate nowadays. It's regarding augmented insurers. We see a lot of players on the market looking for technology to improve existing processes. So that's basically enterprise softwares. And we have invested in Zelros, which is doing AI for insurers. That's specifically a good example of a pain point, enterprise software requirement from insurers, and a tech opportunity on the market, Zelros technology. So your focus is mostly B2B, correct? Or B2B2C? It's much more biased than a focus because based on our background, I've never done any B2C deal in my career. That's the first point. And the second point is, I think that the first wave of insurtech in Europe was mainly B2C. And five, six years later, we have only very few examples of success in that space. So, And the third point is in terms of value we could deliver to startups, our insurance network is very important for B2B technologies and B2B insurtech players because we can accelerate the sales process, I would say that this network is less relevant when it comes to acquiring final customers and on personal lines. So, so I would say it's where we could bring value uh, leads us to B2B technologies. So talking about the waves that we experienced in Europe, I mean, we had the first wave eight to, to 10 years ago, right? And like you were saying before, we saw a lot of B2B and a couple of B2C companies that are still running in the market strong. However, over time, we've seen the European InsurTech ecosystem transition and open up and not just from the startup side, but also from the incumbent side. So you have insurance companies who are opening up their own venture capital arms. 
and you also have insurance companies who have their own dedicated teams to work with startups, their own innovation teams. You also have different hubs in different cities that are specialized in insurance. You have London, you have Cologne with Interlab Germany, you have Munich, you have Paris, of course. So let's see that one of the things that I found that was very interesting about a story is that in Europe, you have found more than 3,100 early stage insurance related startups. How did you find the startups and what are the trends that you have identified? Basically, the way we worked and we have been working since inception is that we have developed our own scouting technology. So the idea behind was, as you mentioned, there are a lot of local ecosystems and most of the corporate that we see are very strong on their local market, meaning German players have a deep understanding of the German market. French insurers knows a lot about the French market. In the UK, it's the same as well. But what we realized is that First, it's impossible to consider that every good insurtech player will be in one country. So either France, UK, Germany, Switzerland, and so on. It's impossible. That's the first point. And the second point is that we spotted that value for our investor and for corporate more generally to have this European footprint. So since inception, we have been very active locally and at the European level. And the only way we managed to do so was to develop our own scouting technology which basically is crawling the internet, but more specifically social network and newspapers uh, online to spot startups. And I think that, as you mentioned, we've managed in two years, we've managed to spot a bit more than 3,000 startups. And what is the most interesting for us is that a third of that database is not for instance, on Crunchbase, which is more generic database. I think that this tool is highly relevant and obviously it's highly relevant for us as an investor because every time we look at one startup in our tool, we have all the competitors, but it's very important and very useful for our investors as well. And when I talk about our investors, I mean corporate investors because then they have a European view on the market. At the end of the day, for sure, they will work with a local player. But it's very interesting for them anyway to know all the competitors in Europe and sometimes identify best practices that are not on their local market. So I think it brings value to them. And that's why we built that, that tools. And in terms of, let's say, trends, I would define it per country because I think that this is the most surprising in European insure tech scene. Let's say kind of strong trends per country. So in France, where we're based, uh, we see a lot of B2C startups. And uh, I think that the best example is Luco on home insurance. In the UK, you see a lot of commercial lines startups. Even if nowadays we see more and more commercial line insurtech across Europe, most of them are in the UK. And let's say back two years ago, there were only commercial lines insurtech players in the UK. And in Germany, I think that the major focus is technology. So there is no specific area, but what we see among startups, insurtech startup in Germany is a strong tech level. In Italy, you have a lot of telematic. And so that's uh, how we see uh, things. Maybe in Germany, there are a lot of health related uh, insurtech players. And uh, in terms of maturity, I would say it's quite consistent from an ecosystem to another one, meaning that there are a few Series B players in the UK, Germany and France, and more Series A and a lot of seed stage players everywhere in Europe. So again, the major differentiation across Europe in terms of trends are these industry-specific focus or business focus. Again, B2C in France, commercial line in the UK, and tech slash health in Germany, and finally, telematics in Italy.
So talking about the insurer or the incumbent side, we talked before about, you know, the Intratech wave started around 10 years ago and a lot of changes in organizations and in the culture of these organizations. And now we have all this 3000 startups in Europe coming and approaching them and trying to work either with the customer side or with the incumbent side. So what do you think corporates want versus what should they actually do? And I think that here again, we have uh, three waves. So I would say the first wave at the very beginning was kind of uh, enthusiasm. So that was when AXA Ventures was uh, launched in 2014. Um, and then every insurer was kicking off its innovation team, its investment team, and so on. Everybody was looking for the famous uh, Uber of insurance. Everybody was afraid, and, and so on. Then there was a second wave, I would say, 2017 to 2019, where we got the first figures from InsurTech players. And then uh, we saw that only few uh, B2C players were having a significant traction and only few InsurTech players across Europe were, let's say, surging on the market. And at the end of 2019, we, we started to hear among corporates two kinds of feedback on that. So obviously, everybody was realizing that InsurTech was not that huge in terms of results. And then two conclusions possible. The first conclusion was to say, okay, uh, figures are poor, we will never die, so we can stop innovation. And the second wave was, okay, obviously B2C players have a marginal impact, let's say, on our business, but there is a challenge on building ecosystem, meaning many players are eating a part of the value chain. And if you combine all those players, then it's our position as an incumbent that is under threat. And I think that those players were then turning their mind into, okay, let's leverage API to build an ecosystem. And the second conclusion of that uh, trend was uh, to leave the uh, vanity metrics uh, behind. So it was not a matter anymore about how many startups I'm partnering with as a corporate. It was, okay, I have money, I have team, I have time to work with only few projects, even one project, let's say, but this project should deliver very easily monitored results, and this should be live in the short term, short term being, let's say, around a year for a corporate. And I think that the crisis that we are facing right now is just accelerating that trend. And uh, I mentioned earlier the augmented the insurer. I think that this is the strongest trend we are seeing on the market right now. It was a trend that we started to hear about before the crisis, even I would say end of 2019 among a few corporates. But still uh, back at that time, I think it was a bit of, let's say, buzzy words. Right now, it's not words anymore. Incubants are really looking for technologies that they could implement live, but those technology should first address a real pain point and deliver real results. So I really think that there is or there will be a strong focus on the market on tech companies that are delivering real results. So besides talking about the augmented capabilities, where in the value chain do you see that there is more potential in Europe or there is more appetite in Europe from the corporate side to innovate and to disrupt themselves? I would say distribution, for sure. Because both from the insure tech space, because if you have a look at 
the let's say six, seven last years uh, in InsureTech, most of InsureTech players are addressing the distribution part of the value chain. And if you look at the corporate side, most of insurers are looking for solutions that could enable them make business anyway, even under a lockdown situation. So it's definitely around distribution. But I think that there are opportunities beyond that. And we see, again, from the InsureTech space, a few emerging trends, I would say, after a few trials in claim management, uh, we see uh, a few startups trying to address the underwriting part of the market. So it's how to leverage data and especially public data uh, to better underwrite customers. And if you move a bit up on the value chain, it's around product themselves. And we see a few parametric startups that are trying to address new risks. So I think that there are two opportunities on the market. On the corporate side, definitely the key focus is distribution. But if you have a look at new startup, seed startup, emerging trends, then you will see two trends. First, data in underwriting, especially in commercial, uh, commercial lines, I would say. And the second one is parametric for new risks. And if we focus on those trends in Europe for life and health specifically, where would this take us? I think that in terms of life, there is a real need of personalization. And I think that if you have a look back at the few last years in terms of insurtech, you had a lot of players trying to engage with customer having a better behavior. That was one way to do it. But I think that in terms, again, of distribution, there is, let's say, an opportunity to leverage on the market, which is around transactional data that could help you better understand your customer and most of all, spot relevant touch point with him so or with her. So basically, you can spot quite easily, based again on behavioral data or on transactional data, you can spot change in the life of your customers. And I think that as soon as you have spotted those moments, then you can engage with the customer in a smooth way. And then you can as well push relevant products. So I think this is something very important, especially in that space, is to try to personalize the customer relationship. Florian, we always talk about collaboration and cooperation in our podcast. And especially, you know, as a reinsurer, we like to understand how can we support and foster innovation in the wider sense of the life and health ecosystem. So how do you think we can support the ecosystem development? And how do you think also, or where do you think this is going in the next five to 10 years, specifically focused in the life and health industry? In terms of life and health, I think that maybe more in that space than in other areas of the insurance, there is always the key challenge for corporates between make or buy. And I think we are biased because that's our investment thesis. Uh, we think that incumbents, if they want to move faster, they should buy, meaning they should partner with startups. And I think that as a reinsurer, you have a very strong opportunity to work very closely with startups, especially on new risks, again, so cyber, weather, uh, freelancers, and so on, because there are a few startups on the market uh, trying to address this kind of new risks, let's say with data, with parametric insurance, and new algorithm, and they just need some insurance capacity, or they need to have a risk carrier behind the scene. So I think that this is a major opportunity for you as a reinsurer, because your job is to carry risk, meaning that basically the relationship between a reinsurance player and a startup looking for a risk carrier should be faster than a corporate, an insurer 
working with an insurtech startup. So I think that this is where you have an opportunity on the market. And the second opportunity, I would say, uh, on the market is or should be your capacity to move fast. Again, uh, reinsurers are usually smaller uh, in terms of teams than insurers. And they should leverage that strength to have smoother processes, smoother processes, quicker processes, lighter processes to move faster and engage way quicker with uh, insurtech players. And again, it should not cost you too much to work or to try with small insurtech players, because at the end of the day, based on the amount of risk that you are carrying and covering, a very small, let's say, proof of concept on a very tiny part of the market seems to be less risky for you in terms of euros than for an insurer itself. So I think that for the three reasons, so the size, basically your job of a risk carrier and your size in terms of capacity to face risks, I think that these three strengths should be leveraged to work more closely with, with startups. And again, there are a lot of startups looking for this kind of strengths from incumbents on the market. And I guess that score obviously has a, a key position here. Thank you very much for your time, Florian, and for sharing with us your insight. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. 